0: Welcome to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. I am your host, Kieran Anderson, and we have Gabby Jerbazi back on with us. How are you, Gabby? I'm good. And you? So good. I am so good. The weather is finally good here, and I'm super stoked on it. And there's waves, so I can't complain. How's the weather over there?
1: I'm in Key West right now. It's pretty good. What? Super warm. Uh, It was opening of grouper season this weekend, so people were stoked about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that sounds epic. So do you live in Key West?
1: I live in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, I have a second home like in Key West, so we go there on the weekends. Uh my boyfriend's family have a place there. So we have the boat here. And that's where we go diving and fishing off of.
0: Nice. So give us a little overview on yourself. You're, where are you from originally? And what brought you to the States?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm from Montreal, Canada. So that's why I talk a little funny sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I work in sales and marketing. So work brought me to the United States. So I moved to Florida about a year and a half, two years ago. And I travel for work. And when I'm not traveling for work, I travel to warm places where there's water and good diving. And just I love photography, scuba diving, spearfishing, free diving. So all the salty adventures I can get, I do on my off time.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's, it's the best thing in the world, like being in the ocean, experiencing the water. Like I always tell people, if you have an issue, just go surf or like go dive or something. because really the ocean is like a magical place that just makes you feel better i I don't know what it is but it's crazy it's just the best place in the
1: world i saw something once that says when you're diving it's like the ocean's giving you a big hug and i think it's so true with like you're in the water it's like the pressure around you it's a good analogy
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely okay so today i want to talk to you about stone crabs i feel like you're the queen of uh crab fishing over there so um It might be a a good one to bring up. Are you in for that?
1: I am in for that.
0: Perfect. Um, So, first off, I know nothing about stone crab. So, this is going to be a good one. Are stone crabs more in like warm water or are they in cold water too? Do you know?
1: I've only seen them uh, in Key West, but.
0: But, but it's warm water in the Keys, right? Like, I feel like. It's
1: warm waters and it's usually though. No, I think it's like during the winter season, it's actually better. So I would say oh, really? warm water, but it's better during like the winter time because stone crab season is from October 15th to May 1st. Um, and when we had bad weather, like colder weather, and we went to check our, our traps, it was actually way better. And we had a lot of more crabs than when it was too warm.
0: Okay, so here it is the Florida stone crab is a crab in western North. Atlantic, from Connecticut to Columbia, including Texas, Gulf of Mexico, Belize, Mexico, Jamaica, Cuba, the Bahamas, the east coast of the United States. So my guess is you're probably right. It's probably just warm water. That makes sense. Because all of that's warm water spots.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like Bahamas, for sure.
0: It's crazy because that thing looks like just like a normal crab that we would have here.
1: They just have, like, jumbo claws, like they're, like, super fat
0: yeah. claws. So, with with stone crab, you can you can keep those, right?
1: So, what we do is we only keep the claws. So, you have to make sure that the size is uh, above the limit. So, it has to be two and seven inches, so about 73 millimeters. And so, you measure from the elbow, the joint, to the tip of the claw. And basically, you snap it off without damaging the body, and then you only take one claw, usually the biggest, and you throw the crab back in the water because crabs, which is my favorite, and that's why I love stone crabbing so much. They have a superpower, and the claw will grow back.
0: What? <laughs> that's like lizard tails.
1: I know. So basically, there's two types of way that cl- that crab can lose a claw. So. If a fisherman breaks it off or if they lose it in a fight or um, if they're sick or injured, they can um, intentionally drop off their claw and then it's going to molt basically like lobsters and like other types of animals and just regrow their claw over the year.
0: That's crazy. So, so stone crab fishing is probably a very sustainable um, thing to do then.
1: Yeah, it makes it one of the most sustainable seafood harvest because you make sure that the population um, stays healthy and you don't injure the animal, you don't kill it, and next year they will be there again. So that's why also it's better to always leave one claw so that that claw that you left next year will probably be big enough that you can harvest it.
0: That is so rad. That's so unique. So can you take both claws or is it just one claw at a time?
1: It's one claw at a time.
0: And then how big are these crabs you're talking about?
1: I think one of the biggest ones I've seen was like as big as in my hand. So I want to say like.
0: Oh my.
1: Yeah. And they get pretty expensive too. Like if you go to a grocery store and get one of those jumbo ones, they can be like 70, $80 for, for a claw.
0: What the heck? That's insane.
1: Yeah, they're pretty expensive. So that's what makes harvesting them ourselves so fun and worth it.
0: So, how do you actually get them? Are you diving for them? Are you like obviously you're not grabbing them with your hands? you're gonna get pinched by them. but are you throwing traps or give me the the rundown.
1: Yes, so I have uh, baited traps. so the limit in Florida is five traps per person, and you have to have your saltwater fishing license. So if you're multiple people in the same household, you can have more traps. So this year we had uh, 15 traps, 14 because we lost one. But basically, we um, we bait them with like leftover fish that we caught spearfishing, or uh, some people put pig feet in them, and so crab like that. They get they smell the leftover, they crawl into the trap, and then as often as you want, but usually about a week, you leave them in the water and you go check up on them. So you have a line with a little buoy. So mine are all pink and teal. And <laughs> and you have a little R on the buoy to identify recreational stone crab harvesting versus commercial. So the commercial guys' traps are a little bit different. And um, that's it. So you have them, take them up to the surface and have to be careful where you put your hand on the trap when you pick it up to put it on the boat just to be sure that you don't get your finger snapped by a crab. Um, and then usually there's like, five crabs, two crabs, like it depends. Um, But it's pretty cool. And we've had some big ones. And sometimes we even found like like puffer fish, octopi, um, all kinds of things.
0: (laughs) Wait, so you're leaving the traps out there for a week at a time?
1: We leave them the whole season. So we put them in in October and we took them out um, last weekend.
0: What? That's crazy. So they stay in the
1: water the whole season.
0: So what about bait and stuff?
1: You have to go check often and bait them. Yeah, that's why like that's why about once a week you go check them and make sure there's fresh baits and basically feed the crabs.
0: (laughs) So you're just leaving the trap there. You're checking for bait. If you have stone crab inside of it, obviously you can pull them out, right? You get you said five.
1: Yeah, about five. We pull them out, and then sometimes we even like leave crabs in there if they're too small because crabs attract crabs. So the little ones, we just like leave them in there or if not, like we just throw them back in the ocean and wait for the the next one to come.
0: Is there a limit on how many you can get a day?
1: I'm pretty sure it's like, you have to have a lot. I've never been close to the limit, stone crab limit.
0: I bet you there's like a difference too between commercial and recreational, like stone crab limits and stuff. Because for us on the West Coast, like lobster fishing we can get seven and then the commercial boats can get i don't even know but you can get like additional permits to get like 14 and all that stuff but it's just crazy there's so many regulations
1: a gallon of cloths per person is the limit
0: okay so it's not even by the amount of actual stone crab it's a gallon so if you have a gallon bucket and you're filled to the top Mm -hmm. you're done
1: you're done exactly
0: but that's probably super hard to do
1: It's probably really hard. Like, I don't know how with five traps per person, you would be able to get more than that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of bait are you using?
1: Um, Like Barracuda or like leftover, uh, when we fill out fish and we have like leftover grouper, snapper, whatever we have, we put it in there. At the beginning of the season, when we didn't have fish, we put in pig's feet. Uh, But if not, it was always like fish carcasses, fish heads. You just like break it down in smaller chunks and put it in the trap.
0: What do the traps look like? Are they like square or are they like the round ones or how, how do those work?
1: They're square. The, the bottom is cement, so they sink to the bottom. And there's a hole about this big at the top where the crab will climb in, walk in. And since the hole is at the top, they can't get out once they're in. <laughs>
0: That's so gnarly. What, uh, when you're pulling those traps up, are you using like a winch system or are you actually pulling them by yourself?
1: So you take the gaff, grab the line with the buoy, and then pull it up ourselves. Yep.
0: That's so my job
1: is to gaff and then someone else <laughs> pulls the traps up.
0: That sounds like a workout.
1: It is. And they get pretty nasty. Like you definitely like get gross pulling them up because they're in shallow waters. And you pull the trap up, it's like full of gunk and seaweed and stuff like that. But it's fun because you get to have the reward after.
0: <laughs> what about like locations and stuff? Where do they usually hang out? Are they on reefs?
1: Um, no, it's more like in grassy areas. That's where we've had the most success, like shallow water and like grassy patches. Um, That's where we've had the most.
0: So when you drop your traps, do you specifically find a location that you know, I'm going to keep this here for mo- like a, a month?
1: Yes. Yeah, so we basically try to different places. So it's it has to be like max like 10 feet of water and um, near the channels, but not so where boats can like run over them. Uh, but we've had to change them a few times just because like, we drop them there, we tried for a week or two, nothing's there. So we move it a little to the left, a little to the right, and we try to make lines. So since we had like 14 traps, we had like three lines of five um, just to be sure that we know where they are and they're not like lost. And you mark the coordinates and then sometimes like we have to make note like, okay, this one was bad, this one was good, these will move closer to there. Um, so it's a bit of trial and error.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it when you're so back to the actual crab itself. When you pull off the claw, what is the mm-hmm. process like with pulling off the claw? Is there like a certain technique that you have to do to make sure that they're going to grow back that claw?
1: Yes. So when you take the crab out of the the trap, basically you want to make sure you grab them from both sides behind so that they don't snap pinch your you. finger, so yeah. that they don't pinch you with the other claw. So you want to like immobilize them and you have someone measure to be sure that they're uh, big enough. And then what I do is I basically like bend it down and it it snaps off super easily. Since it's also like one of their defense mechanisms. some people also use the opposite claw to puncture the joint and it also falls off. But basically like just a clean snap towards the bottom is what works best.
0: Why are stone crabs so expensive?
1: Um, A bit because of what I explained. So it's such like a, a specific season. It's a short time where it's available. And there's a lot of laws regu- regulating stone crab harvest in Florida. And because it's an extensive process, like you have to like paint the crab, go back, pull them up and measure everything. So all the work, Behind that, especially for like commercial fishermen, makes it that by the time they get to the grocery store, like there's a lot of value also behind uh, these, these crabs. So, and they want to make sure that they're not over harvested. Um, but like, like I said, some of the big claws are like $70 at the grocery store.
0: Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that sounds, that's like, that's more expensive than lobster.
1: Yeah. For like a lot less meat.
0: Yeah. So you said two and seven eighths is the yeah. measurement. And so you're saying from like the elbow of their claw kind of, and you yeah. measure it to the tip then?
1: Yeah. From the joint of the elbow to the tip. And it has to be two and seven eighths. And how,
0: how often are you actually getting legal crabs?
1: Uh Sometimes it's only like one crab on five, like one on five. Yeah. Sometimes it's you find one that's already like have its claw taken. So you can't know too, if someone like checks your traps, if you leave them in the water, like, so Punchers. some people can like, yeah, can put your crabs basically because it's like, we left them for a while last time. And we're like, there's no way we only have like one crab or like only one that already has one leg. Um But so sometimes like we have traps that are completely empty, but. Depending on like where they are, if there was just a storm, if it was colder that weekend, you could get really lucky. But I'd say maybe like 20 20 claws would be like a good haul.
0: And when you go and you're saying that you get one crab, you're checking that after a week or so. Mm -hmm. Are are you just like, this is so bad. What the heck is going (laughs) on? We need to move our traps or do you keep them in the same spot?
1: No, if we really have nothing in all our traps, we're going to move them. Um, If not, it's just maybe because they were not baited or they didn't have food in there anymore. Um, So we only changed them like once or twice in the beginning of the season, like around October, November. And then we just left them in the same spot the whole time and they produced. So it was a good spot. Probably next year we'll try it again.
0: Do you ever find other species inside of the, the trap, like fish or like lobster or anything like that?
1: We've had a uh, actual little baby lobster this weekend. So we just put them back in the water. I've had a puffer fish, some little like blue crabs, little baby mangrove snappers. So we just put all the bycatch back, uh, back in the water. Um, there was part of the season where we always had octopi in the stone crab traps. Really? Um, yeah, so little octopus because basically for the, for octopus, it's a free meal. Like you have like crabs already there. And they just like sneaking through little holes, and so we found crabs that were empty, empty shells.
0: Oh no way! So the octopus eat the crabs? Yeah. What the so heck? I did not know that. So
1: they're a little common octopus, and um, we checked, and we were able to keep them. So I would learn how to cook octopus and crab this season. <laughs> it's delicious. Oh, so
0: you, so you can keep the octopus that you get too. So if you're if you pull up a trap and you just have like. Loads of crab and octopus. You're like, this is the best day ever. Yeah, that's so sick. What's what's your go-to method for cooking these crab?
1: Um, my favorite so far uh, has been making crab cakes.
0: Oh, what?
1: Yeah, homemade crab cakes. And so when we get the crabs, uh, first thing you do when you get back home, you have to uh, boil them. You yep. can't just put them in the fridge because if not, the meat will stick to the shell. So mm. you boil. Um, the claws and fill the red for for just a few minutes and then put them on ice so that they get cold and then you break the shells we use like the back of a knife or a spoon and just crack all the shells and then i'll use them to cook like i've made like crab crab meat pasta crab cakes we made crab eggs benedict that was amazing oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that
0: sounds amazing
1: with that what uh, holiday sauce
0: what What is the actual season for stone crab?
1: Uh, October 15th to May 1st.
0: And in that timeframe, is that just recreational or can commercial um, be a part of that too? Or do, do they have a bigger spread for when they can go?
1: No, it's also the season for commercial fishermen. It's just their limits are different or the way they harvest but and they can have more chops. But um, it's the same season because they want to protect the species.
0: So you cannot take a full crab.
1: Nope. So you don't take the full crab. It's illegal to take a whole crab in Florida, a whole stone crab. Um, So you can only take the claws.
0: That's so interesting. But it makes sense. I feel like that's such a good thing because obviously when you fish, you pull a fish out of the water and it's dead. But Mm -hmm. the crab, the stone crab, you pull the claw off and then you're good. Like you're just like, okay, go swim around. And then he grows it back. How long do you know how long it takes for the the claw to grow back? Is it like if you caught the same crab, would it be a claw on it like the next year?
1: Um, it takes several molts and a molt for an owl crab takes about a year. So I would say it takes a few years. Um, so what?
0: what's a molt?
1: A molt is, uh, you know, like lobster when they outgrow their shell and they let go of their shell like a, a snake when they shed their skin to grow into their new one. So so it's kinda like that. So we found a crab once in our trap that didn't have any claws. Both claws were taken. And I have a video on my Instagram where you see at the juncture of the elbow um, where the claw was taken, it had started to grow back, but it was just like a tiny black um cover. Little stub. Basically. Yeah, a little stub, like tiny black stub. So for the claw to grow back like pretty big, it's going to take about a few years for sure.
0: Well, But you so can crazy. see it
1: already when the claw starts to grow back. It's just like it takes a long time.
0: Have you been posting on social media about crab fishing and stuff?
1: Yes, i made a bunch of videos of like how much it was at the grocery store, uh, how their claws grow back. Um, how do we take them? What else I found? And I have a bunch more pictures coming because I went a few times this uh, this winter. <laughs>
0: What's your Instagram? Shout out your Instagram, because I, I want to have people look at that. That's super interesting.
1: My Instagram is Jijerbazi uh, and on TikTok as well. And I have my website as well, where you can find my blog and photography. But Instagram and TikTok is where well, you'll find all my reels and photos with stone crabs. And I've had comments actually this week where I posted a video of us harvesting the stone crab and then just throwing it back in the water. And people are like, oh my God, you're horrible. Like, how can you be so nonchalant about this? and I'm like no 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 like it grows back and like the crab isn't dead
0: (laughs) yeah no that's good I think it's good especially for like you have a good following and stuff so for people to see that and for you to explain what's going on like I just learned so much from just talking to you about stone crab like it's crazy but that's why we do this right like that's why it's fun to do these podcasts because it's teaching the public and everybody else that's listening in like these crabs grow back their claws like it's Mm -hmm. a huge thing right and It's cool that you know the regulations and like how to properly take the claw off and like you can teach people. And that's what's so cool about social media and uh, sharing that experience because you can teach people about that and it makes it just that much better for people to be like, oh, wow, that's that's a super sustainable
1: fishery. And you also leave one so that when you throw the the crab back in the water, they still can fend for themselves and feed themselves with the other one while the other claw grows back.
0: So if you caught a crab that had Like a stub, it wasn't fully grown, and then the other side had a full claw. Would you just throw that crab back?
1: Yeah, it's better to leave it.
0: Yeah, that way it can just fend for itself. And
1: I mean, I know some people like do that, but because it's still legal size, but technically, like, it's better to leave the crab its other claws so it can survive the season.
0: (laughs) How big of a boat do you guys have when you're going and getting these crab?
1: Uh, Thirty-one yellowfin.
0: Oh, geez. You guys got a big boat.
1: You <laughs> got a big boat. So if it's that's too rad. windy, it can get a little hard, but no, it's pretty cool. And we go spearfishing off that same boat and, no, it's super cool.
0: Nice. Well, I hope that you guys absolutely crushed this season with stone crab. That sounds so fun. And it's so cool. Like, I think it's so funny because I was looking at tuna the other day at the store and it was like $31 a pound. And I was like, dude, that's insane if you mm-hmm. catch a full tuna you're you know like you're like oh yeah i spent whatever on gas and that's about it like it's so crazy how expensive fish is and um, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it's just crazy to me
1: seafood in general is expensive but people don't realize like it's like lobster season people will complain that like oh lobster's is expensive but when you think about like going out fuel the trip the captain the charter whatever like it can get pretty expensive for a whole day like paying like eight hundred dollars to get fifty dollars of lobster
0: totally yeah a hundred percent but it's fun and we love to be on the water so it's worth oh, it
1: definitely and like it's better to like support your friends support your your captains and your local fisheries as well
0: gabby do you have any trips coming up any plans for fishing trips or anything
1: my next big trip is this summer i'm going to french polynesia
0: oh nice that place is amazing
1: and i can't wait it's like diving heaven and I hope to see the whale, the lagoon with the sharks and the stingrays. I'm Hope I'm gonna see some big wahoos and tunas.
0: Nice, that sounds epic. Yeah, I've been to Tahiti. It's it's so fun over there. It's an amazing place to be. There's a lot of sharks. I actually spear fished there one time and I shot a fish and I <laughs> tied it onto the back of a kayak and the sharks came up and was like eating the fish and they like <laughs> just tipped the kayak, it was so funny.
1: You'll have to send me your tips and where to go.
0: I will, for sure. And uh, when you go there, we'll do another podcast. I'd love to talk to you about it and hear, hear your experience.
1: Perfect. Sounds good.
0: Rad, Gabby. Well, thank you for coming on. And thanks, everybody, for uh, listening in. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty.